Good night. Good night, everybody. Thanks for coming. Good evening. That's a little bit more of a welcoming. Hello. On this Tuesday night, it's the first day of August, 2023, and I'm so happy to be here with you. We're going to have a great guest joining us in about 20 minutes. I want to spend the entirety of the short show with him, almost the entirety. We're going to do a little bit of a pre-show. Rich Barris is in for our little bit of a roundup, and what a roundup. You know, I I had to get in touch with him and say, hey, Rich, Monday, July 31st, I have something going on. I have somebody coming in already. Would you be able to do Tuesday the 1st instead? Because we always do the last Monday of every month. Said, sure. And thank God it happened like that because, of course, it's uh, it was going to be fun enough to talk about the whatever we heard from this, the Devin Archer uh, testimony on Hunter Biden and the realities that we already knew were true. But it's good to get little affirmations from time to time. Confirmation, right? And then, of course, there is another round of indictments. Criminal indictments for Joe Biden from that uh, Jack Smith vampire guy. Everybody's everybody's doing their... Um, the Democrats are like on, on some kind of a twilight fan fiction erotica this is purely sadistic it is driven by sexual desire to see somebody anybody uh in pain they love seeing things in pain i'm sure many of them are are dismembering squirrels at home in their free time um so i i want to we got to talk about that now there's a little bit of that going on there's a little bit of ukraine here tonight i got to read you this in the opening I got to read you this thread from Gonzalo Lira, who just made, about a, about 24 hours ago, made an attempt to get out of Ukraine and get into Hungary. And nobody's heard from him since. And he said if you didn't hear from him in 12 hours and he's been gulagged, well, we have to get into that a little bit. Um, and that's uh, that's all we have for tonight. We'll be, we'll be stopping around the 8 o'clock area, 8.10 at the most. I want to do all your super chats and stuff before we go. And then tomorrow when's Wednesday. We have a full, well, we have about an hour and a half or hour and 40 minutes tomorrow night. Ryan Gable will be the returning guest. That'll be a wonderful time. We're talking about uh, the occult symbolism and the messaging in Oppenheimer, the real story of Oppenheimer. And it's going to be a good one tomorrow night. And then it's going to be followed up by session one of Book Club for The Devil in the White City, which I know many of you have signed up for, and I'm so happy. It's going to be a great time, and you still have time. So if you you feel the ver- the urge and you want to get in on it, you can always email me. But it's pretty simple. Become a sponsor, get the book, and the link will come your way. All right. So here we have a little bit of grab bagging to do. The first one up is from the hill. That's a blank screen. Here we go. From the hill, Florida. What else is new? Leprosy cases are surging in central Florida. Now, it's funny that this comes up in the news today because on Sunday night, during our family, our Hallmark family night uh, movie massacre that we do every Sunday night, you know, it was the it was Christmas in July. As far as Hallmark movies go, 
and Great American Family Station and all that stuff. They put the cheesy films up there and Christmas in July. So all of a sudden, you're inundated with Christmas films all over or just winter. This last one we watched on Sunday was, I think, a winter princess. It's hilarious what we did to it. It's hilarious what we did to it. And, you know, um, what it starts off as, what it ends, how it ends is usually, oh, my gosh. It's like a funhouse mirror. Well, essentially, we made one of the main characters, as we're all making fun of it, we made one of the main characters admit that he had leprosy. Actually, no, that wasn't the the least of it. Uh, In fact, by the end of the show, this main character, I think his name was James, he not only had leprosy, but he made other announcements that he had colitis and high blood pressure. So we 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 were making leprosy jokes on Sunday night and then we see this it's surging in Florida I guess James has been down there James has been down we're making we're also joking about this we heard that there was going to be a um, a hallmark a I think it's a cruise where you get onto a cruise ship that it's just it's going to be crawling with hallmark actors and actresses people who are main players and so many of their their films and these all all these people have huge contracts and so i guess they're going on this cruise or something and we were talking about how hilarious it would be if we went on this cruise and we're just because we don't know anybody's names we we know them by their nicknames if we were running up <laughs> there's this one actor i don't know his name but <laughs> we call him dog we call him dog mouth because he kind of looks like how a dog, you know when a dog gets happy and he smiles, a, a smiling dog. This guy had the, the, the face of a smiling dog. My mother doesn't see it, but the rest of us, that we just like, hey, he looks like, <laughs> it's like, a, like a dog, he has a dog mouth. So we have, you know, dog mouth. We have, uh, there's also this one, this one woman, she's popped up as a few female leads. She has no upper lip, so she's just no lip. Um, there is, uh, there's Hamster Boy. This, this one guy, he looks like a hamster. It's the puffy hair. I don't know. There's so many things. I just imagine running up to people on a Hallmark cruise and going, Dog Mouth, will you please take a picture with me and my family? Oh, we loved you in the whatchamacallit, the one when you were in a, a winery. You're making the ice wine in Oregon. I don't know. Dog Mouth, no lips. Crazy eyes. Oh, there's been a couple of crazy eyes, but one more crazy than the others. <laughs> All right. Well, that's what I thought about with the leprosy cases. If you're in Central Florida, just watch out because you don't want that shit. You don't want it. Uh, here's another one for you. Very uh, quick little ditty from Pfizer. They have reported a big dip. A big dip in sales, 54% decline in second quarter revenue, Pfizer has to report. Uh Uh-oh. Is it incredible how easy it is to make money when your toxic products are sold at gunpoint? Just like when everybody was bragging about how, how incredible the growth of Obamacare was when you literally had to sign up for it or you're going to pay fines that triple every year. Funny how that works. But, um... Yeah, watch out. Watch out. That might mean Act 2 is just around the corner. And then we have this. Putin will die a beaten man and won't survive 10 years. 
says the beaten man drug addict who probably won't survive 10 years. Talk about projection. This Zelensky character, still with his CIA-issued all-green costume. The president of Ukraine has warned, this is from the Daily Star, that Putin will die a beaten man, a beaten, a beaten man in his latest speech. Oh, now, now they're adding Zelensky. I don't, I don't even say his first, Volodymyr, what is that his name? I stay away from his first name too, because whatever. Now they're adding his middle name, which is Oleksandrovich Zelensky. So we have to get his 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 middle name, Voz V O Z. What does that mean? He mocked claims that the Ukraine and Russia war could last for three decades. No, it, it, we wouldn't. It, I mean, I, listen. This is. I can understand why some people within Russian circles are frustrated at the pace with which this is all progressing. I know it's being done surgically, but uh, uh you know. This has got to end. Zelensky, 45 years old, said it can't. Putin won't live that many years. He did not fight in Syria at the pace he is fighting us. That is why he will not stand 30 years. He will not exist. He will die. This is obviously... This is absolute, he says. Can you imagine this? He believes that the 70-year-old Putin won't live another decade following several rumors about the Russian leader's poor health, none of which have been confirmed. Zelensky added Putin won't survive even 10 years. He's not that figure. Well, uh, we'll see. This could be famous last words. Either way, it is a foul sham out there, really is. A really foul sham, the entire thing. And I want to read you a little something from behind enemy lines in Ukraine. Here is, let's see, here is from Gonzalo Lira. And you can see why the American deep state loves Ukraine, uh, the, the people who are running the puppet government out there so much. They're, they're brutal. They are brutal. And they do what uh, Americans, American bureaucrats, wish they can do a little bit more out in the open. Here is the last we heard from Gonzalo Lira about 24 hours ago. Right now, I'm about to try to get out of Ukraine and seek political asylum in Hungary. Either I'll cross the border and make it to safety or I'll be disappeared by the Kiev regime. This is what's happened to me over the past the past three months. On May 1st, I was arrested for my YouTube videos. The photos of my arrest are pretty funny. Morning bedhead made me look like a character out of Dr. Seuss. My crime was making videos critical of the West and their proxy regime in Kiev and how they are destroying Ukraine. Attached to these tweets is a full indictment against me, both the original Ukrainian and English translation. As you can see, even the prosecutor admits I committed no crime against the, pro- against the property or any person, and I certainly provided no aid or intelligence to the Russians. My indictment explicitly states that all I did was discuss publicly known facts about the war, the epitome of free speech in a democracy. But Zelensky's Ukraine is no democracy. This is a thieving, corrupt, murderous gangster regime pretending to be a polite Western democracy. Once arrested, I was given documentation assuring me that I was guaranteed the right to contact my lawyers and loved ones as well as post bail. In fact, I was blocked from calling anyone, even my lawyers, and I was not permitted to post bail, though I had the cash to do so. In other words, the formalities were carried out scrupulously while judicial and ethical grotesqueries ruled. 
That's Zelensky's Ukraine. That's what this thuggish regime cares about, the perception of democracy and the rule of law as to mask the sordid, corrupt reality. Don't we know that over here? Again, not as naked yet. Getting there. Oh, boy. And not to not to uh, go off track too much, but I cannot wait to read a little bit of a little bit of just some of the the uh, response that I got from last night's show. You see, you bring a guest on, and you don't know where it's going to go. Sometimes, I certainly don't know where I'm going to stand at the end of it. And I would, you know, I was on, I was really more so on the uh, the eject button side of things with wanting to just say flip my flip my nose flip the bird thumb my nose to the the federal government the uh the irs and saying you're not taking my money i earned it you didn't but the the response has been incredible um the the sovereign man movement responses the people who have had good experiences with the, uh, you know, saying no to the IRS and providing documentation for one thing or another and actually getting people to back off. And then there are people who have had their lives, their families, generations-long businesses destroyed from trying to do just that. And again, I say that when you talk about getting away from something like income tax or or defying a, a, a you know, a, an, an authoritarian bureaucracy hell-bent on not only power and influence over everything, but to take whatever the hell they want to satisfy their every desire. Um, uh, you're, you're never really talking solely about moral issues because you are morally right in wanting to keep every last penny that you make and that you should only be giving to things you want to be give, giving to. That is the basis of charity. That is the basis of anything that is good in nature um, but it is really just a matter of how willing are you to go up against a something that has a monopoly on violence Gonzalo Lira is um, some people like Gonzalo Lira have to act out of it, j- just to be able to talk you know to troll we do all this stuff with a sense of bad you know, you know Stephen King said something stupid today and I was the first one to comment I really gave it to him you know we get to we get to still prank a little bit out here and have some fun we're not like Europe even where Facebook messages will get you in jail just yet but people like Gonzalo Lira for talking about basic well-known things like this that are all public publicly available information and not they'll even admit you're not providing any information to the Russians. You're not doing anything outside of just speaking your mind and having a different opinion from what the regime over here has. That can get you imprisoned, tortured, because it goes on. Uh, he says why they relentlessly per- persecute. Why that's why they relentlessly relentlessly persecute anyone who tells the truth about the war. I'm not the only so-called propagandist Kiev regime has thrown in prison. It's also why they shoot any AFU sol- soldier who dares retreat. That's why the AFU loses or their losses are so horrific, but they're hidden. As you can see by the indictment, the video I made that really chapped their ass was Ukraine, a primer, which gives the historical background to the conflict, where I state outright that the invasion wasn't out of the blue, that indeed it was provoked by the Kiev regime. Once inside Sizo prison, 
I was tortured in two of the four cells that I was in by the other prisoners. Guards never beat prisoners. They outsourced torture to the other prisoners. One prisoner actually apologized to me, telling me he had no choice. He wasn't lying. I understood. I got a cracked rib in my first cell, but it wasn't too bad. The worst stretch was in my fourth cell. From 1 p.m. June 21st until 7 p.m. the next day, 30 hours, I was beaten and sleep-deprived. My arms twisted the wrong way around at the uh, shoulders and generally beaten pretty bad. I've taken a beating in my time, so sure, it hurt like hell, but it was manageable. Then at one point, two thugs held my head and used a toothpick to scratch the whites of my left eye while asking me if I could still read if I had just one. Not going to lie, that was unnerving. Near the end of this session, one of the thugs struck me in the chest so hard and so repetitively that the beating left a yellow and green splotch dead center on my sternum. He was berated by cell boss because he'd left a mark on me, which was a no-no. See, it's all about perceptions. Then, as luck would have it, two days later, when the bruising was in full bloom, a senior guard came to give me a wellness check. This is likely because of the Chilean embassy efforts. The U.S. embassy called me three times but gave me nothing but support empty bromides the guard told me to remove my shirt so he could look at me over the bruising was really spectacular but he just nodded and pretended he didn't see a thing perceptions he'd checked me right why was i beaten to the point of torture well it wasn't over my youtube videos i was in prison because of my my videos no doubt the videos are why the sbu arrested me and put me in sizo prison without bail but as they investigated me and examined my computers and accounts all of which they confiscated and opened the sbu realized that i'm not poor so once they had me in prison for my videos, the SBU took the opportunity to extort money from me using the guards as accomplices who in turn used the prisoners as the muscle. How I discovered this is too complicated for a Twitter thread, but I'm writing a book about it. All told, they extorted USD 70,000 of our dollars out of me and split it amongst themselves. They also took another 9,000 when they arrested me, my emergency cash, and another 11 grand when, uh, which was posted as bail, or which was bail money. With the computers, iPhone, etc., I'm out and even 100,000 on this adventure. I'm not seeing any of that back, not ever going to see it coming back, not even the bail money, because I've decided to leave Ukraine before my trial. My trial's on Wednesday, August 2nd, and I've already been told I will, I will be found guilty. My sentence will be five to eight years in a prison labor camp. But here's the thing. The conditions of my bail are that I have to wear an electronic monitor, surrender my passports, and not leave the city of Kharkov, much less the country. However, after posting bail, I didn't get an ankle monitor, and they returned my passports. Later at the SBU offices, they returned other documents they'd confiscated, my driver's license and motorcycle registration. In SISO, I told an inmate how last year I'd been detained, released, uh, but told not to leave Ukraine. He laughed. He says they were telling you to leave. That's what I was thinking. They said you were going to be restrained and your documents, passports taken away, but they gave it all back to you. They're, they're just pretty much telling you get the hell out. This time it looks like the same is happening. They're telling me not to leave, but leaving the door open, or so I hope, or maybe I'm being set up by them so I can, uh, they can justify putting me away in a labor camp so no one will ever know about their sordid extortion scheme. I simply don't know, so I'm deciding 
I decided to die trying. I rode my motorcycle across Ukraine 1,400 kilometers in two days. I'm going to Hungary to ask for political asylum. When I fail to show up to court in Kharkov, an arrest warrant will be issued, likely an international warrant. No doubt other EU countries will comply like sheep, returning me to serve five to eight years in a prison labor camp, regardless of the fact that Kiev arrested and imprisoned me for YouTube videos, for free speech. What happened to European democratic values? LOL. And the U.S. State Department would return me too. I'm not a black lesbian druggie or a transgender grifter. Besides, Victoria Nuland hates my guts, or so I'm told. I'm hoping the Hungarians will read my indictment and say, this is bullshit, we're not sending him back. I'm posting this thread just as I'm getting to the border checkpoint. I'm also posting videos on two channels I have access to, The Roundtable and Gonzalo Lira, again. If you don't hear from me in 12 hours, I'm on my way to a labor camp, wish me luck. That was, that was a, that was a day ago. I don't see anything else. I'll go look again later on. And again, you can see why the American deep state loves Ukraine so much. Great place to do business. What stays, what goes on in Ukraine used to stay in Ukraine, but now a little bit more has gotten, has leaked out. And uh, among that is the Devin Archer stuff from the last couple of days, which now, of course, is being overshadowed by more indictments for Donald Trump. Ain't that ain't that something? Ain't that something? Well, anyway, we'll be right back. I want to talk a little bit about um, I want to talk a little bit about that, a little bit about New York and Chicago and other sanctuary cities that are just now uh, telling telling illegal aliens you just got to get out of here or don't come here at all altogether. But um, but yes, we'll be right back. Thank you so much for joining me. If you haven't shared and liked already, please get the link out to as many people as you can. As many people as you can. I'd love to have more people than ever watch this show tonight and enjoy some time with Rich Barris, which is always a good time. We will be right back. One ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride! Hey everybody, hey everybody. 
Good to have you. Okay. So that was the pre-show. Everything that happened before this just doesn't even count. You can give this episode... If you are watching on YouTube and on Rumble, please do something for me. It's like walking into a room and flicking a light switch on. Just don't even think about it. It's like going into a church and lighting a candle. Give me a thumbs up. It takes a nanosecond, and it really makes a... A huge difference, a huge difference on YouTube. We're climbing toward a previously thought impossible (laughs) uh, milestone. And on Rumble, it's a lot easier to get suggested there. So please, quick thumbs up, share the link to everyone you know, and keep dumping those super chats on us at quitefranklysuperchat.com. And I will be answering them, hopefully throughout the broadcast, but we'll definitely finish with them as usual. So... You always get in. You always get in. So I'm just going to jump right on into it because I don't want to waste any time. I want to soak up all the minutes there are to be soaked up with this Rich Barris character, People's Pundit, the uh, director at Big Data Poll. He is a man who's probably high on life and ready to scream from the mountaintops. What's going on, Rich? The Sultan of Swat. The King, King of, of Crash. Oh, the King of Spain. Okay, I'll take that too. He's got more. Than, he's got more money than Babe Ruth did. How are you? Yeah, who was right? Right. All right. You have Babe Ruth, and then you had. Uh, oh, maybe I'm thinking of my old WWF days, Frank, from when we were kids. Those guys had like names for days. Oh yes. Nah. So how's it going, my friend? It's going. I um, mean, it's going well. I was reading. I'm just reading stuff over here today. It's one of those current... I, I, I still take a lot of time. Maybe, I don't know, maybe one or two... One and a half days a week, I'll still do just straight up current events. And, of, of course, here you are. We did the the first day of the new month instead of the last Monday of the month. And yeah. uh, it just happens to be today that we have more Trump indictments, more all that stuff coming. Um, but before we get to that... I just want to talk about this Devin Archer thing with you. Here are some of the takeaways. The takeaways that the Oversight Committee put out there, uh, pulling away from what's been transcribed from this interview. They said this, A, that the testimony confirmed that Joe Biden lied to the American people when he said he had no knowledge about his son's business dealings. Um, critical takeaways. When the Biden was vice president of the United States, he joined Hunter Biden's dinners with foreign business associates in person or by speakerphone over 20 times. Devin Archer testified the value of adding Hunter Biden to Burisma's board was the brand, of course. Uh, What kind of skill does he bring to a foreign energy company that is worth $80,000 a month? This is just common sense shit. I mean, it goes on. What what were your bigger takeaways? There's other other, uh, items here, but you don't need to hear me reading them. You know, the, the New York Times, because I'm, I'm looking at all these, I'm wondering how they're going to react. I'm looking at all these media outlets, and I'm literally refreshing my browser to see when the New York Times is going to put something up so I can read it. And in the article that the New York Times put up, they actually said that it was, like, known for a long time that uh, Joe Biden had talked with his son's business associates. And they just moved the goalpost. Frank, they just moved the goalposts. They had said that they didn't talk to his uh, his son or or you know about his business dealings at all, let alone talk to his son's business partners. And then the Washington Post, I thought Molly Hemingway did a brilliant putting it up um, in her article today on the Federalist, which is Glenn Kessler, 
during the 2020 campaign, going back to as early as 2019, the impeachment and everything that was going on, Glenn Kessler put up a Washington Post fact check that basically uh, rebutted everything that Devin Archer said. And, you know, Republicans have had no evidence of this, but you just really said something that Devin Archer is just confirming what everybody knew, because, of course, you'd have to be an idiot to think Joe Biden is worth that much money a month to a energy company in a foreign land of which he knows nothing about. He knows nothing about how to speak the language. He knows nothing of the business industry. So you really had to be some kind of moron to think that this wasn't about influence peddling. The truth is this was Joe Biden and the Biden family's retirement plan. And none of us were supposed to know anything about it because Barack Obama knew, turned his head, turned a blind eye. And it's not just Ukraine, but he knew about it. He profited from it. He uh, was consulted over it. The, none of us were supposed to know any of this because Hillary Clinton was supposed to beat Donald Trump. And Donald Trump was not supposed to even be in the White House to unearth any of this or to make any of this a conversation. And he was literally impeached over asking about Joe Biden's corruption. And when they realized two things were going to happen, he was going to unearth some of that. And then two, uh, he was going to mess with the foreign, uh, the foreign aid grift, which is what it is. That's when they flipped out and they literally at this point tried to make this guy uh, a criminal over it. Uh, but again, none of us, this is perfectly normal corruption in Washington, D.C. That's why the media is doing everything they possibly can, whether it's move the goalpost or whatever. I just urge people to think back to moments like the debate hosted by Chris Wallace uh, between Trump and Joe Biden. And Chris Wallace had to jump in and save Joe Biden when Donald Trump was, you know, bludgeoning him with this stuff. And, you know, I mean, Chris Wallace was no different than Glenn Kessler, Frank. You know, he was no different. I mean, so everyone's talking about Fox News and how conservative they are. They were totally in on this as well. So let's not pretend that, you know, there, there are some of us that uh, deserve some credit. I mean, independent media, alternative media, they pursued the story. They forced Republican lawmakers to pursue the story. Outside of that, brother, you never would have heard about this. You never no. would have heard about this. And that's, uh, that's the real scandal but is that, again— Everyone would have been okay with the Washington Post, Glenn Kessler's own paper, going back to the time period, and context is everything, going back to the time period when Joe Biden went over, because Archer talked about his meeting with Lee, too, in Beijing, and going back to the time period when Joe Biden was sent to China by Barack Obama, there was an op-ed written in the Washington Post about why, you know, they were um, basically lamenting how easy Joe Biden was on the Chinese and some of the people that he had met when he was there. Uh, it just didn't make sense. He was supposed to go there, be much rougher on them. Well, because we know he wasn't there to run point for Barack Obama and to be tough uh, for, you know, for the, for the U.S. and to put China in line. He was there to sell our country down the road, bro, for yeah. money, for right. his family. That's, that's what he was doing. Devin Archer, by the way, it was never going to happen, but it was a long shot to try to get him intimid to intimidate him and and uh, keep him from testifying for in front of Congress. This Department of Justice, this entire government is totally cor corrupt, Frank, and our media is 
the enemy. They are. I mean, in the strictest definition of what an enemy is, they are an enemy to this public, and this government is totally irredeemably corrupt. We're in a lot of trouble, brother. Yeah. And this story is big. It's the biggest scandal in American political history. Way out does Watergate is Boy Scout stuff, Frank, compared to this. I know. Boy Scout. Watergate's not even a big deal. Nixon gets a horrible rap. The truth is he just tried to cover it up and that's what really was the scandal. But you know, having some you know, break in in the uh, DNC. And I mean, that that's nonsense compared to this brother. I think it, we had a vice president at the time who sold our interests, who sold us out for bribes, for money. It's you, bad. You know what, what you said there about the, the media. The, I remember Michael Savage said at one point, he said the... What did he say? He said the, 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 the fourth estate has become the fifth column. And I said, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a good way of, of putting it. And I, when I was looking at some of the responses here, because there's no way to defend this. There's no way to defend this. They're, they're, they essentially have their pants around their ankles, but that's the way they like to live. And um, they, I, I saw somebody on MSNBC saying something along the lines of that Biden wasn't aware that Hunter was selling influence as they were going around the, the country, the, the world together because he was sad about his eldest son die. They keep bringing up his eldest son getting sick and dying. That, that is a, uh, a point that they pivot to. One of the, whoever the hell has been representing his interests inside of these interviews, the, yesterday you had to have seen it, that representative, what was his name, Gold something? Gold, Goldman, he said that he was just talking about the weather. Yeah, highs, you know, what, what is he going to do, not say hi to somebody? Because it, it's so, you know, Rich, he, he's flying all over the world with his son, He do, but he doesn't know what he's up to. <laughs> They're sharing accounts. They have shared accounts. There's an e There's one email about how 10% cut, which Devin Archer confirms Biden is the big guy. Um, and then there's the other text between Hunter and his sister where he's griping about carrying the family financially for decades and having nobody be grateful about the whole damn thing. And then on top of it, griping that his father takes half of his salary. That's a lot bigger than 10%. That's 50 right there. And then there's just the, uh, like we said before, the, the just the, the common sense about a drug-addicted man who has no skill and no business making $80,000 a month for a foreign energy company. But now, Rich, with that being said... I want to be fair here, even for the Bidens. Feinstein is a brand. Romney is a brand. McCain, oh, sure. Graham, these are Schumer is a, a brand. As important as this particular story is, because it it's lurking behind everything from Trump's first impeachment to Joe Biden's stillbirth of an inauguration. It is just as important to realize that this is how everyone in the country club operates. There's no reason why knuckle draggers like Sheila Jackson Lee come into Congress as paupers and leave millionaires. This is just the way it is. Yeah, McConnell. <laughs> Uh, you know, I mean, you, you, Peter Schweitzer has an incredible, uh, well, it's just one book. I mean, he's written about a lot of people, but McConnell as well. He's the leader of the Republican conference in the Senate, Frank. And by the way, he had what apparently was some kind of a mini stroke or something. I don't know what they're going to claim it was. But uh, th these people have been around for a very long time. They're entrenched. That's why they don't go home. They're not there to serve the people of Kentucky in the case of Mitch McConnell or the people of Delaware in the case of Joe Biden. That's not what this is about. The, but the worst, the, the bad part here is that, and it's not just to be fair to Biden, it's not just the Biden family, folks. That's why there is such a 
uniparty response to anyone who tries to uncover this stuff because the Romneys want to do it too. Hmm. You know, the Schumers want to do it too. The Pelosi's want to do it too. The, the the Jeffries will want to do it as well and probably already are by now. I mean, Adam Schiff, he knows every disgusting Eastern European gun runner in the market, Frank. I mean, he wants to do it too. So that's really uh, the dirty little secret here. And, and there was never going to be any real punishment over this from the Department of Justice because they're all a bunch of crooks too. This is... I. <laughs> And people need to understand, this isn't like an election away from being fixed. This entire system needs to be destroyed and rebuilt. I'm sorry. I I'm, I have gone full-blown Jefferson in the last six to nine months, Frank. You know, the founders gave us tools for this, for when the government just, you know, which, by the way, is our fault. And I think we need to be honest about that. The government didn't just grow corrupt overnight. You know, something didn't just happen. It didn't get this bad overnight. Uh, multiple generations dropped the ball. And I th- I love to see the activism that I see now uh, in these newer generations even that are, you know, they're very inspiring. And a lot of us snapped out of it, you know, in our 20s, 30s, 40s, whatever it may be. But the fact is, this has been going on for a really long time and we haven't really addressed it. And we just kind of keep going from one major scandal to another until we have an empty suit, you know, basically a, uh, a, I'm trying to be careful here, you know, uh, but you know, a mental patient in the White House who is now, his, his faculties are gone, but his family's imprint of four decades in DC is on full display. And there's literally a compromised person in the White House. And if you were sitting around expecting the Washington Post or the New York Times to say, you know what, enough, uh, then you were terribly, terribly wrong. That was not ever going to happen. And we need to do this ourselves. This is uh, th- th- this is not fixable by a special counsel. They're not going to come and save you. You know, this whole stuff has to be re. It has to be gutted you well, know, and, and redone. And you, sadly, I mean, the bureaucracies are one problem, Frank. And then you have the, the elected officials who we did not hold account you know, to account for all of these years. And um, they, they, as a result, you know, they, the bureaucracy, the permanent government as an elected government that has abdicated their duty of oversight. So it's bad, brother. I wish I get on there. I really wish we could pretend like there's something good that's going to come of all of this, but there won't, uh, you know, reflexively. We have to do it. Well, outside of outside of people being able to really um, flex their muscle in a regional cultural way, um, I I don't know I don't know how we can do that nationally without a, a I don't know some sort of a a deep space impact or something that really wipes the the slate clean here because first of all I mean we can just get into this right now every one bit of testimony that affirms what we already know the Devin Archer thing is great to have on 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 record and to see that this has been getting around and we had a nice maybe 24 36 hours with it less than that for every one bit of testimony that affirms what we already knew and it's good to get some validation uh these psychos actually go out and indict people based on nothing more than sadistic sexual fantasies it seems trump indicted for a third time now today Uh, He's hit with four charges, including conspiracy to defraud the government and obstruct the electoral count for trying to overturn the 2020 election. I mean, they'll just they'll just do it. 
and and we're over here doing having victory laps because Devin Archer is putting on record what it's easy to confirm elsewhere as well. I mean, it's great to have it. It really is. But I mean, uh, the, the comparison the comparison to what the psychos are doing. Ugh. Well, you know, I mean, Frank, <laughs> we had Tony Bubulinski's yep. uh, testimony. We had a knowledge of a lot of this already, and. You know, the fact of the matter is, I, I, it's been, what, six months now, nine months since people were like, Rich, you know, they're really going to do this. They're really going to indict him over this. They're going to indict him over that. And it's like, I just don't know what people were doing for half a year, what they were really thinking. Of course, you know, to me, I'm not a lawyer. Um, you know, I'm just a, you know, a modest pollster over here. But he's a threat. We are a threat. Uh, they just, you know, they, they, they announced new roles of indictments in Michigan as well. I mean, they're having all of their friends indict uh, people. So and the, the J6 stuff, which, I mean, I've come on your show in the, a long time ago now, and I was there uh, in D.C., uh, you know, listening to their, to their complaints I mean, how they were treated and what they were being charged with and things they were being denied, simple discovery, meeting with their counsel, medications. I mean, this was, to me, the handwriting was always on the wall. It was always, this is a test run. They're getting away with it. And if, uh, you know, I don't know. And Frank, if he just would have went away, and I'm talking about Trump, if he just would have went away, they probably would have left him alone. But because he didn't, uh, they're going to do this to, uh, to him, and they're going to do it to you, uh, all you know, and meaning people watching. Uh, the, if they get away with this with Donald Trump, uh, they're going to run roughshod all, all uh, over all of us. And it's not hyperbolic. Every year we hear about, well, this is the greatest election. This is the most important election. But truth be told, if they get away with this. Like they got away with Russian collusion. They got away with it. Let's face it. They got away with it. They got away with an attempt at what is uh, an administrative coup. Uh, and there was no repercussions. There was the Durham report, which scolded them for being corrupt. Oh, big deal. Right? That's it. Uh, because they were able to get away with that. The media, by the way, when I use the word enemy, I mean that to the fullest extent. They are your enemy. They are making this possible. If they're supposed to be the guardians of the halls of power, instead they are totally corrupt and they are playing cover for these powerful people that are, are, are ruining the greatest society, the greatest civilization with self-governance in the history of the world. They are not good people. It's not that you disagree with them. It's that they're evil and they hate you. And they want to put you in jail. They want to put your mother in jail. They want to put your father in jail. They want to put your grandparents in jail. They're doing it in Michigan. And they did it to many people. In Florida, the greatest number of private citizens in jail because of January 6th. Nobody did a damn thing to help them. So, uh, you know, it, this is just, again, uh, the, this is the, the, the true state of things. And if they get away with it the way they got away with Russia collusion, then they will have effectively... You know, in 16 and beyond, it was challenging the ability of the voter to put in place their elected executive. And now we're beyond that. Now it's challenging the voter's ability to even choose who they want to put in there. So they want to indict people they don't like and that threaten them if the voters will it to be. So instead, they want to give you a list of people who are going to play ball. Yeah. And from that approved list, you will get to select. You will have the illusion of selecting your leader. And, the, and in truth, the permanent bureaucracy will be in charge. And that's it.
and no one will ever challenge them because the minute they do, they'll get the Trump treatment. And that's the way this, that, that is the precedent they're set. And by the way, there's been maybe one, two presidents in the 20th century who didn't play ball with this new kind of permanent government. Uh, one of them ended up with his brains all over his wife's lap on national television. And then the other one was impeached. <laughs> so, and, and we just referred to him. You know, so he went down in history as some some dirtbag when in truth he was one of the best presidents of the 20th century, Frank, as far as policy and as far as uh, America's standing in the world and on the national stage uh, or on the, you know, the, the world stage, excuse me. No, so, I, I get you. Hey, listen, you know what, since, since that night, since 2020, I remember winter of 2020 going into 21 is when I started posing the question a little bit more often to people in in the audience about... When is it that we see our first canceled election? And the That's reason right. the reason why I asked that, of course, That's is where we're headed, brother. Oh yeah. well, I mean, listen. If if they have, if there is anything, and I'll continue to say it too, every time they levy an an indictment against someone like Donald Trump or the the people in Michigan or anything like that, uh, it, especially for anybody over the age of seventy, th this is not just being a, this is not just a, a political gamesmanship. It's attempted murder. You know, you're you're essentially telling people of that age, as they're getting close to 80 years old, go into this uh, go into this cage and die. I mean, that's what you're. That's, they're willing to do this. Now, now, when you, if you succeed at taking someone like Donald Trump, anybody, they're just showing you where they're willing to go. Forget his name is Donald Trump. They're showing you where they're willing to go. That is the, the election's canceled anyway. I mean yeah, that, that that is that's my point. They're going that's to exactly allow point. Yeah, they're going to allow you to go and 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 pull the lever for somebody, but the election's been canceled. Now, as far as what it precipitates everybody being told to stay home for the evening, that is that that is yet to be seen because I still believe Rich and you are a guy who uh, who can speak to this when they know I mean, they feed us bullshit polls all the time. They understand where the heart and minds of actual people are. I know that they were able to collect 81 million pieces of paper that has Joe Biden's name on it in 2020, but that doesn't reflect real people all in all. I'm sorry. I'll just I'll keep saying it. I know that's uh, whatever. Um, Frank, does anyone seriously believe that Joe Biden got more black votes than Barack Obama? I mean, I, no, no, they don't. But some on. people are okay I mean, with the result. They're just okay with where they that okay, we'll take a win, whatever. We'll come up with it next time. The thing is that you can't do that much more afterwards. They know that the gap between the projection and the reality is too unbelievable, and eventually, eventually, because there can't actually be the consent of the governed here. There's going to have to just be a cancellation. There's going to have to be something that overrides the tradition of voting altogether because you can't take that chance if you want to keep that power intact. That's why I think we're here right now. So I, I think this is the middle of the road between point A and point B, yeah. which point being, you know, cancellation. Yeah, sure, because they know people tell me, oh, I, I see it on my feed every day. Um, well, that's great. Uh, the New York Times poll that came out today, uh, you know, you could see people like Larry Sabato from, you know, tiny crystal balls in the University of Virginia. He's scared. He knows that means the Trump win. He knows it. And I mean, he puts it up like, wake up, Democrats. 
That's not wake up and get motivated. That's hurry up and put this guy in jail because you can't beat him. So they can't pull, and you just said it, because people, the, the, the left wants the right more than anything to believe that the steel is so bad they can't beat the cheat, right? And the truth is that uh, Trump did lose some support among some constituencies from 16 to 20. I don't you know where I stand on this. But the, the bottom line is now he has more support now today than he ever did in either 20 or 16. So it makes it that much more difficult for them to pull off something. So they know they can't do this every single time. Like you said, I mean, they just can't do that every single time. So this is why I think they're so desperate to just lock them up. I mean, I've, for a year, I've been looking at these numbers, like the underclass, under $30,000. Republicans don't win them. And here's Trump basically tied with them or winning them some polls. Even the New York Times poll, there's been a lot of dispute over whether he's really done that much better with younger people, uh, particularly 18 to 29-year-olds. You've had the Harvard-Harris polls showing him within 10 points. Well, guess what? The New York Times poll has them within 10 points with young voters. So normally those are votes that, you know, Republicans lose by 30, 35 points. And that's not happening with him this time. And I got a bit of a theory about that because a lot of this is non-white and it's working white. So I think that the indictments are making Trump look more relatable than some of these communities could ever relate with like a billion billionaire white guy from new york city so he's being persecuted the way that they view life persecuting them and to some extent many of these people know what it's like, especially non-white they know what it's like to have family persecuted by the system so i think it's in some ways backfiring but again they really feel like they have no choice because this for them is about survival and if they cannot if they go into the position with the election where they're kind of like rolling the dice, we could lose this again the way we lost it in 16. Then they're going to get like, you know, an animal, any other animal, Frank, is backed into a corner. They get more dangerous when you back them into a corner. So for them, it's a choice between taking that risk or literally putting your opponents in jail. I mean, that's 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 where they're at now. And why? Because something that is positive despite how corrupt the system is it's been coming out so the the advent of alternative media for instance and the fact that the republican party part of the republican party is being forced by a base informed by a totally different information stream you know it's fox news is dead man nobody's watching them anymore you mm. know they're watching you they're watching bannon they're watching charlie kirk and they don't nobody gives a damn about brett bear and fox news if it was only that information stream informing one half of the you know one, one, the two major parties, we'd still be in the same position we were in years ago. A blind in the dark, right? Mm -hmm. This new age of information, one party now is being forced to react by their base, and that is digging stuff up. So whether kevin mccarthy really wants to do anything about you know these investigations or not is kind of irrelevant if he wants his job he's got to give us something you know even if it's crumbs even if they're crumbs here and there putting comer at the head of that committee i tweeted the day it happened and so one you may not love uh, mccarthy and you may not see much of a victory here after 2022 but the fact that comer is the chair 
and not someone McCarthy otherwise would have plucked and put in there. And I forgot who was running aside from Comer, but he was a shill, total shill, and nothing would have happened. Now Comer's in there. And then you have Jim Jordan doing his thing on his committee. It's Those are small little wins. And you have to take this into context that the system is reacting to this. It's not, again, we're not in the days of like Trey Gowdy and BS Benghazi committees, brother. We're beyond that now. And these guys really are starting to pull out real information. They're really exposing uh, things that we never would have known before. So that's at least a a silver lining. But (laughs) it comes with a price. And that price is backing that animal into the corner. And then that animal is going to lash out in ways we've never seen them lash out. Um, I, I want to talk a little bit about that animal now, too, uh, lashing out because it's happening in other ways. We have this is from the Daily Mail today. Let me put it up on the screen. Hold on a second. Boom. And let me put Rich up on the screen with me. Boom. NYC's <laughs> Roosevelt, it's a famous, famous Roosevelt Hotel, becomes epicenter of city's 60,000 strong refugee crisis and shocking scenes from Manhattan. Desperate people looking to get inside the hotel early on Tuesday morning were speaking a number of languages, including Spanish, French, Arabic. Uh, swaths of asylum seekers lined the streets sleeping on cardboard overnight because New York City migrant hotel has reached capacity. It's not the only one. It's mostly men. Looks like a uh, scene out of Captain Phillips. And I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, Rich, this is just the, the tip of the iceberg. My uh, a friend of mine, uh, Leroy Press, he's been sending me over all these clips of what's going on out there in, in the streets. And then there's this. I have to play this for you. Oh, well, this is this is from the streets. It, it's all men. This is this is in New York City. It's all men, and they're sleeping on cardboard in between streams of piss. And I, I it's just incredible. Now I heard that um, that Mayor Adams among other city mayors, are sending flyers down to the thousands of flyers down to the border saying you have to pick another city. We can't do it. There's no, there's no guarantees that you can get, even get a roof over your head. And this is August now. I mean, we have maybe two two months more of solid, warm weather. Uh, it's it's going to get really, really, really bad soon. And, uh, you know, you have to give him credit. He has been screaming about this for for months you know it's just now that it's coming to a head and uh it's not just new york city and you know this you know chicago's got major problems um you know ladies i don't know what to tell you don't go in those neighborhoods at night <laughs> don't do it why we know what this we know what where this leads well then hold We've on seen other countries that have had similar issues oh go ahead, go ahead. no no on chicago let me just play this because i'm sure yeah. you're going to be you're going to be able to riff on this there's 44 We're seconds yeah. Neighbors frustrated with migrant shelter disruptions in town. Yeah. And this is, yeah. the, the, take a listen to this testimony here. Just a little bit of what the, the uh, nightly news uh, grabbed. Any of these residents say they no longer have any tolerance for the disruptive behavior by those seeking asylum here. It's making them feel unsafe. They disrespect us. Yeah. They rob us. Yeah. They harass us. And their patience yeah. is wearing thin. Let me say this. They got one more time to deal with it, because otherwise, next time they deal with it, they're going to deal with it from the streets. We're going to take over it. 
Nobody's going to be able to stop us from what we're going to do to them. Much of the residents' anger was directed at city officials in attendance, including 20th Ward Alderwoman Jeanette Taylor, Chicago Deputy Police Chief Stephen Chung, and Family and Support Services Commissioner Brandy Kanazi. At one point, police had to intervene, breaking up an argument during public comment. Now, uh, now, Rich, before you go off, i got to ask you a question. I mean, th mm -hmm. this was the staple. Uh, illegal immigration was the staple of Democrat Party platform for many years. Uh, it, it was a little bit more focused on act because when it was a little bit more focused on actual people, not merging our country's interests into a psychotic international transhumanist sludge. Um, but they, they were reliably at least anti-illegal immigrant on the surface because they knew what illegal immigration and a broken immigration system, intentionally broken immigration system, did to the interests of their most vulnerable voters, for people to lower middle class people who voted Democrat for this very reason. Uh, this is the demographic that, they, that, they had, that their party is, is obligated to betray now. How the hell is this playing? In the, have you been polling on this in particular? Well, not this, not these most latest uh, crises. We haven't. Uh, but you know, I, I've said this. Uh, this is not new, and I've I've said this for a while. I, you know, Frank, for the at least the Trump era, I would say, and it's on, right? Okay, I'm sorry, I was making sure the mic was on. Sound great. At least for the Trump era, there have been. You know, it's like you listen to these, and and pardon me, I, I really don't know how else to say this. You listen to these like privileged sheltered stupid white people on cable and network news day in and day out talk about these issues as if they're the ones who have to deal with them and as if they understand how other people feel about this and the truth is it has been the more non-white communities that have had pushback to this for a long time and I, I my immediate response to this to the you know not just that news clip I'm talking about what's been going on is where the hell are Republicans you should be in every single one of those areas talking to those people. Yeah. Is it is it too scary for you? You've never been in a black neighborhood, Kevin McCarthy? Get your ass in those neighborhoods and talk to those people. Because the first thing that you should be saying is, don't vote Democrat anymore. You don't like this happening to your community? Stop voting Democrat. End of story. And look, this is why when someone like Donald Trump tries to hold a rally in an urban center to talk to those people like that young man who's ready to flip out every time they do democrats try to riot i've always said let them riot let them do it let them deny people another message because now this was always the collision course we were on and you just really said it they were going to have to sacrifice part of their underclass base or what they view to be they're kind of like, um, you know, uh, what the, uh, um, uh, what's his name? Ran for governor in uh, Allen West. He used to call it the pre these voters are on the progressive plantation, but he was right about that because they're just abused. Nobody ever really cares about their needs, and as long as they keep voting ninety-five-five Democrat, no one will care. And anything they do like this, they're going to do at their expense. And when you're talking about and ultimately this comes down to a resources issue we and a lawlessness issue we have laws we have order for a reason we have to learn any society does 
has to understand you only have X number of resources and they have to be allocated appropriately. And typically, right, you would expect your own to get those resources. And here uh, they're not. And now they're overextended to the point where they're essentially failing us as governments. They're failing and their citizens are the ones who are feeling the pain from that. Um, this was an inevitable course, inevitable. Uh, so I don't know what, where, you know, again, I would just say, where are you? Yeah, why are, yeah, are you? they should be mopping up. You? This is this is the easy mop up duty right here. You have people who are disaffected. They are out, finally out of their element. They're, they're seeing things that are just wrong. They are, are, are completely out of place. This is a perfect time to go in there, have real down-to-earth conversations. And these, these are educational, educational opportunities. Moments. Yes. They're moments to, they are learning moments. Learning moments. It's huge. Yes. It's huge to learn. Because you know what it is? You know what it is, uh, Rich? Here, here's why this is happening so much. Obviously, there are very big international goals being run out here. We know what they want to transform the 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 the, the American front into, as far as the the the, the bigger the bigger um, plot. But it also goes to show just how boundlessly racist the left is, because what they're really thinking about this is anything that comes over the southern border, no matter what country it comes from, anybody that comes over, they're, they're, they're going to vote for Democrats because they are going to definitely not be white. And they think that by taking tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of people of color who I guess they believe are just monolithic, that they're going to be able to link arms with every other black and brown person in whatever city that they show up in, in whatever bus or charter plane or whatever the hell it is. They think that there's just going to be this huge rainbow coalition that only grows stronger in their favor, but they never think about culture. They are only thinking about color. It's never culture. That's why we have the clashing. That's why we have everything else because they're, they are just insatiable racists. And, um, and, and that's why you're right. This is the uh, missed opportunities. If, if I hate to say Republicans, if anybody that's not a progressive lunatic, that it Any, has anybody. just yes, a, right. a, a traditionally, a traditional American, just get out there and teach them about this. What are we missing out on? What, what are we missing out on from the framers' vision? Let them know. This is the perfect time to do it. Why is this happening? Very simple, A, B, C. And, you know, it, it never was about human rights, Frank. They're so full of crap. It's exactly what you said. It comes from a place of racism where they thought they could build this underclass that will support them. It's about raw power and and, and not discrimination. It's about raw power and prejudice. It's how little they feel about certain people. Um, there's not nobody more racist than a, than a white progressive, Frank. None. I mean, and, 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 you know, we both come from the same part of the country, so you, you know what I'm talking about. Like a New York City liberal, a rich New York City liberal is the most racist person I've ever met in my life. And then I moved down in the South and I just never heard a Southern average white person or even, you know, an evangelical Christian. Like I've never heard them say the things that I've heard white liberals say. And if it really was about human rights, then they would be very, very concerned about the white people in South Africa right now. Why aren't they opening the doors for them and saying, come to Wisconsin where you have ethnic 
um, you know, in Minnesota too, you know, other places where you have ethnic connections, you know, where you could feel right at home and you can assimilate into the American uh, idea and identity. You know, you don't have to sit there and wait to be exterminated by this party that's pro which sadly is, is where that country's headed i don't know if people have been following a lot what's going on there yeah. but you know so much for the great revolution of nelson mandela that made that country a more fair place nope they're about to have a post-apartheid extermination that's what's going to happen there and if it was about human rights and democrats really give a damn about those things uh, and not for nothing, but the truth is, Republicans too. I've seen I've seen a couple of people make remarks on social media about it, but they're too busy writing up bills to give more money to Ukraine. Where's the bill um, with with an emergency stream to bring in some of those people who are in serious risk right now uh, of ge of a genocide? There hasn't been one. Believe me, if they cared, it would be there. No, you know, if there was some kind of K Street group, some kind of interest group who wanted to launder money, you know, in, in, in with some government program, it would be there. But that's not where the money gets laundered. It gets it gets laundered through the, you know, um, through uh, bogus foreign aid and, and arms dealing and stuff like that. Yeah, we only, and, we only create refugee programs for people who live in countries that we've been bombing. So they come over here with a chip on their shoulder. And, and the immigration grift doesn't have any footing in the Africas or even in Europe anymore. All of those people have no idea, especially from Latin America, how how big of a business illegal immigration is. You have all of these connected lawyers and, and firms making a fortune off of it. They, there's an entire industry. It's huge. It's beyond, you know, criminal organization. There's legitimate business in in a uh, sanctuary and and uh, political asylum it's it's massive and the government pays their bills most of the time so it's like a fantastic win-win for them frank the government creates the problem creates you know normally markets are, are natural right and mm -hmm. somebody needs something and somebody has something and there's a natural market created by somebody's supply and somebody's demand not here the government creates the supply which is people human people and then they have a demand for legal counsel and resources and the government also has created a demand for that those are their friends in their law firms and they you know it's disgusting <laughs> no i know i know i'm so sorry gross. we're talking about human beings they're pieces of shit i'm sorry, I'm sorry. every time we get together i i have to have some brioche nearby it just doesn't <laughs> just so you drop a drop a cap full in some water and you let the effervescent uh, soothe you. Well, Rich, I mean, I, I I think that's a good place to stop tonight. I I have a little bit to do in the other room, and uh, I we we got the big the bigger news of the day. Well, before we go, I I have about th three or four minutes. Is this the what have you aside from all the big news, the headlines that obviously just knock and pry their way into our uh, into our lives and across our uh, our computer screens? What other things have you been concentrating on? Is there any one big thing that you've been working on that you want people to know about before you leave for tonight? You know, there, something I, I just posted this on social media. Um, we're going to wind up polling Florida again, and we're going to have a national poll again. But I just want everybody to know um, something, which is you hear it now on Newsmax. I just heard it on Newsmax. I heard it. Uh, I read it in USA Today. 
uh, people, you know, are starting to adopt the work that we've been doing, Frank, which is this group of vote that's going to come out, uh, that has been coming out and would come out uh, for Donald Trump, but will not come out for everybody else. I'm very concerned, and every Republican should be, getting very concerned that Republicans, they had like six, seven years to appeal to these people and win these people over. So when Donald Trump is gone, uh, that they could add this uh, group of people to their constituency. And it reminds me a lot of the Ross Perot coalition, you know, fra fracturing off in the 90s. This is going to make it look like, you know, I mean, Ross Perot was a paper cut. You know, they talk about a this will be an open compound fracture for this party compared to what Ross Perot had done to the party for 10 years. And people are now starting to come around on that. So we have the most research out of anybody that's been looking at, and, and listen, listen, open your ears, folks. You'll hear people use the phrase Trump or bust voter. We literally coined this six, six eight months ago. I don't even know. Uh, and I've been measuring it ever since. It's the, it, that is the story of the election. And New York Times poll, it just came out today. Look at them, they're right there staring you square in the face. The new voter, he's got it listed as a non-2020 new voter. They're right there, and Trump carries them, and they don't come out for anybody else, which is why when pollsters ask, uh, you know, would you come out or would you not, everyone was lamenting about how 4% or 6% said they would not come out if it was uh, Trump versus Biden. Folks, you put another name in lieu of Donald Trump, and that's twice, three times the number. So while they're scaring us all, while they're busy, you know, criminalizing your ability to question the legitimacy of an election. While all of this is going on, we're learning about the Biden corruption. They're moving closer and closer to fracturing their political opposition, whether that's by fear or by anger and frustration. And that is the real danger, because if we could all just hold it together for a little bit, we'll prevail. We will. And it probably and won't that, be that close. Hmm. But we have to hold it together, and they're doing everything possible to fracture us. And sadly, you know, people with aspirations, and um, you know, I don't, I don't want to use the word greed, but people with, you know, um, ambition. Let's just say that they're making it worse. They are playing the role of fool and stooge that they hope they'd play, and you know. Right now, their song sounds pretty good to them, you know. Well, either way, either way, we have a lot of we have a we have a lot of heavy lifting to do, and I'm not one to ever take a black pill. No way in hell, no way in hell. There's always hope, and there's always good things to look forward to. I don't. Well, think... that's the history of it, isn't it, brother? Oh yeah. No, seriously, they never they never get away with it in the long term, my man. It never happens. No. You know it. it Maybe we won't see it, but it will. Ha it'll come for them. It and, will. And by the way, I do think we will. I'm optimistic as well. Um, but I just, I'm just saying, it never works out for them. This has been going on for the entire course of human history. They lose all the time because they're not sustainable. They destroy their own cities, right? They hurt their own people. They put their own uh, under the yoke of uh, 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 power and authority, and and it just isn't sustainable model, and never has been. Rich, have a wonderful evening. Um, I have your locals link in the description of this episode. I hope everybody goes there and takes part in yep. that. And uh, I can't wait for the next time to have you. Oh, listen, I know that it's the 1st of August. I will have you back for the last Monday in August, though. We, we'll make that happen. 
Yeah, let me know, brother. Let okay. me know. Let's, All right. You know, we'll get back on the routine. I'm I'm ready for it. I'm game. In the meantime, you have yourself a good one and and keep in touch, okay? You too, brother. Give the fam the best. We'll see you soon. All right, later. Take care. There's Rich Barris, the director of Big Data Poll. Now, we're not going to have any time for calls, and I'm not even going to waste any time with an intermission right now. But here's something. I'm going to go to your Super Chats, and then I'm going to read a little a little uh, post. I didn't know where the hell I was going to fit in. I wasn't even thinking about doing it tonight. But, alas, there's an opportunity. There is an opportunity. Uh, I will say... Let's get on over to the rumble first. First one is NJSF says illegal immigrant strategy has always been for the male to go ahead to establish the beachhead. Yes, yes, yes. But I, I, uh, we're talking about a lot of single males that uh, that don't have any connection to larger families at this point. There's a lot of that going on. There are definitely people sending. For people to be the beachhead it used to be that you had the anchor baby the whole family came over and the mother is you know nine months pregnant and boom you get the anchor baby have a couple more and then you just you, you just squat um but and then we learned about the the birthing hotels that the chinese illegal immigrants were taking advantage of in places like california and all over the place i mean we've been taken for a fool by everybody all over the country since the 1960s all over the world since the 1960s especially so it's a it's a big joke but at this point i don't think i don't think it's as nuanced as that where okay i'll go ahead i'll establish a foothold and then i'll send for you and in the meantime, I'll, I'll pick up some, you know, off-the-books work. I'll scrub some dishes, some pots, and I'll send you back little envelopes of cash, and then we'll we'll work something out. I This is just like a bum rush. It's, I don't know, it's organized at some level. But, um, yeah, all right. Let's, here's another one from NJSF. It says, Chicago, Chicago Republican Party is likely the Westchester, the Westchester, New York one. Uh, local candidates run under both Republican and Democrat. Yeah, that's, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. WitchyPoo22 over on Pilled.net, Foxhole, quite frankly.tv said, I'll oh, just said hello. Oh, said, I want Mark Swan, my future ex, one extra month a year. Oh, him dancing around? Well... We'll see who the dancers are next uh, tomorrow night because I don't have time for an intermission tonight. But yes, Mark has been packed away with all the holiday, uh, all the patriotic holiday decorations. We put Mark Swan and his Speedo into the Fragile box and away he goes. I know to uh, m- many of you will be upset about that. Others are relieved you've been holding your breath for 31 days. Jesse, thank you. Doug Simi, thank you. Reggie, thank you. Paulie9363 says, Hillary never had popularity. It was all fake. Absolutely. And that's what I'm talking about. There was a time when it could be faked. There was a time when people still, you know, 2016 was a watershed moment for people going, nah, nah, no, no, something's off. A, 2016 was the first time that social media really, uh, 2018, 2008 was when social media was really a huge factor in an election. 
the Obama the Obama campaign really took advantage of things like Facebook and MySpace and everything. They really went in on the internet. By 2016 is when I believe new media really went neck and neck and eclipsed what is now a mainstream media that had bottomed out with um, they had fallen out of favor with a majority of people. Not that they, they aren't still influence uh, in uh, uh, you know influential, but still there's that. Now with this with this whole thing um, with Hillary in 2016, it was just when you see that little bookstores are not attracting anybody. But the New York Times is telling us that it is 94% to 6 that she's going to win. You see those little things, you're like, that doesn't feel right. There's something electric about what Trump's doing right now compared to them, compared to her. There's, you know, you can feel electricity, you can feel the magnetism, and you can feel where there's just, there's just a, a gravity well. Just this deadness. So, uh, that, that's definitely exacerbated now because of what they had to do, what what length they had to go to to convince people that Joe Biden was actually capable of accumulating what he did in 2020 and he was capable of doing that it's even if he had his faculties he did, he was not capable of doing that um let's see here thank you witchy poo a couple of more calls she's now she started a cookie fight now Boyce Blanc and Dr. Gottwoods says, Hey, Frank, this is Doc and Kim. Dr. Gottwoods cannot wait to build some nice swag for the new place. God bless. Oh, some some new wood you're talking about? We got to do another Dr. Gottwoods um, raffle. And I don't think it should be a raffle. I think we're going to start doing, there's going to be some raffles out there, but I think we're going to start doing auctions for things like, book club books and things like that. I think the auctions are going to be a lot easier to do and we'll see who really wants these these items. That'll be interesting. I think we're going to start working in some auctions soon too. We'll see when we're done with Devil in the White City or something else. But we'll still do just straight up raffles, super chat raffles, things like that. But the auctions are going to be fun. Uh, over on, quite frankly, superchat.com. Oh, and there's Dr. Gottwoods again. They said, Frank, we look forward to making some fancy custom swag. Also, please give uh, our love to Beer at the Parade's exquisite stash. Who's that? Give our love to Beer at the Parade's exquisite stash. And Patty, cheers, Doc and Kim. Well, man, that sounds good. Beer at the Parade. That sounds nice. I want to be at the parade and have a beer. What kind of a stash does this person have now? Handlebar? Fu Manchu? I need to know. Katie Skye says, Oh man, my, my sister loves Hallmark movies unironically, and she's not amused. It's her first time watching, by the way. Oh, well, I'm so sorry, Sister Skye. But it's, really, it's done out of love, the ribbing. You know? And, and we found great comfort in those Hallmark movies because of how predictable they are and how nobody actually really has any problems in their lives. You know, they make big deals out of things that are really not big deals, and that gives us comfort. And then, of course, we just tear them to shreds and make the storyline about something 
ridiculous. And it only gets better and better. Maybe I'll sneak some clips out. I'll, I'll record some of the things that are said during a movie rip one night, and I'll sneak some out. Find some, some choice clips. Stosub says, another Rich Barris night bonus. Thank you, Frank. Now, here's a little cash for the till. We support great independent media, and luckily, quite frankly, is the best. Thank you, Stostube, and thank you for everybody who does support independent media, whoever it is. If you enjoy this show on a nightly basis, please become a sponsor on quitefrankly.tv or in the links below in the description of this episode. Now, here's one last thing for you. A little bit from Razorfist. Razorfist a couple of days ago went after, well, just, you know, kind of retweeted somebody who said, I want to remind you that all this exposing, this is not Razorfist. Nine millimeters, some SMG says, I want to remind you all that exposing the left does nothing. The left doesn't care what you expose about whatever politician or public figure that they love. They, uh, you could show them a, vid- a video of Bill Gates, Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton drawing and quartering and all that stuff and killing people off and they don't care. Drinking a milkshake made out of babies and the left wouldn't care at all. You could have all, you could have all the evidence you want. Not one inside jail sale, blah, blah, blah. It's also very fake and gay. Politics, the internet, all of it. This isn't a black pill. I have full faith we will win in the end. I'm just saying all this crap we're seeing, you guessed it, fake and gay. Now, I um, there's a little bit of a convoluted message. It's interesting to see. You can tell what, what is an, what's an op and whatever. But to, to continue to reach new... Think about how many people we have reached exposing, talking about these things. Now, the whole point is to find places to take the conversation different. Where can you do a deep dive on something? How can you turn something that is has become mundane and gay into an enthralling topic to bring people back in to, to rouse their attention a little bit more and to also maybe fill in some gaps that have been lost to all of these years that we haven't had really any... Um, meaningful conversations about culture and history and, and years past to have something else to really juxtapose the fake and gayness of the current age and the richness of times that we have been told was nothing but dark and terrible shit. Don't look, at, look to the past. Anyway, Razorfist saw this and he, uh, I like this. I like this, and since we were talking about uh, black pills a little bit at the end there with Rich Barris, I want to throw this out to the audience. You take with it what you what you will. I thought it would be a good conversation starter, but it'll have to be a conversation ender tonight. What did what did the fist say? This gigabrained take. You know, slick. Before the commies steamrolled through the institution, the institutions you are totally not black pilled about. They did a fair amount of exposing their political opposition. You think Joe McCarthy died in disgrace because he was sick of all that commie crushing and really wanted a long holiday? He was eaten alive, first by academia and finally by the press, who, though liberal, were not completely, uh, though liberal, were not completely captured even then. Nations don't land troops before printing propaganda. Our enemies fought with exposés and public psyops before they fought with levers of institutional power. Their reversion to the latter indicates they've lost their stranglehold on the former. It's the lack of follow-up you're pissed about, and that's not 
on my that's not on my pillow promo codes or wall-eyed grifters like Mike Thernovich. That's on you, bitch. Don't take it out on those paving the way simply because you're too feckless and impotent to capitalize on concrete institution demolishing fashion on the efforts of those who fight on the battleground of ideas. So that's a razor fist take right there. I, I appreciate it. I also appreciate some aspects of the, the original guy's uh, conversation. And I understand the follow through sucks. That's what we're talking about here. For every confirmation of what we got from Devin Archer, there is a couple of new uh, attempted murders by the DOJ, that Jack Smith guy, with all of these indictments that they are trying to just get Donald Trump in, in jail for a couple of years, at least a couple of months. So um, it is, it is really, really, um, it's startling when you see how much, uh, how much is being expended right now in this ongoing war. But, like he said, to revert the reversion to the propaganda indicates they've lost their stranglehold on the former. And that is the institutions that, they, that they've captured so much. And I think that what we do every night and other shows that do stuff like this, whether it's just current events or spreading out into other, other um, areas like, I don't know, however many cultural categories we go in there. But uh, tomorrow will be another one. Tomorrow will be another one. When Ryan Gable comes on to talk about the real Oppenheimer and what's going on in the movies right now and what the messaging is being put out there, these are the kind of things that fine-tune our vision, fine-tune our thinking, and also uh, and add a little bit more depth to the, the index in our heads whenever you go to a, you know, a dinner party and you want to ruin it with your with your expansive knowledge on the occult. So that's what we'll do tomorrow night with Ryan Gable. Don't be blackpilled. Just saddle up and be merry. All right. Thank you, everybody. It's been wonderful. Oh, wait, wait. There's more that just came in. I just got blitzed. Thank you, Alan Wrench has got to support the independence. Thank you, Delona. Delona with an EMP. I'm just, I'm got blasted away right there. Thank you so much, Delona. Secrets. Oh, wow. I haven't seen Secrets in a while, and now he shows up and completely destroys the entire chat room with multiple EMPs, and I don't even know what to say. Secrets, I tried looking for you after the last time you did this to us to say thank you. Please get in touch with the show. Please. I'm going to have to do something for all of you now. What just happened on... I know I'm talking in... in in fantasy terms with EMPs and cookies and all that stuff, but they are how on quite frankly TV through Foxhole you can contribute to shows. It's their super chat system, and these are very generous, generous gifts to the show. And I got to do something now, something special on a Saturday night or something. We'll figure it out. Please get in touch with me, Secrets and Delona. You too. Captain Flint, thank you. Witchy Poo, Alan Wrench. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm releasing the scratching. The scratching that's going to feed Africa at this point. And I have nothing else for you. Tomorrow's another night, and I'm so grateful for it. And thank you all so much. Thank you, Rich Barris. You can find me at quitefranklypodcast at gmail.com or Proton Mail. Become a sponsor or get into the chat room after shows and have yourself a good time. 
7 o'clock tomorrow. Don't be anywhere but here. I'll catch you on the flip side. Frankly, is filmed before a live studio audience, and now our super chatter, starting with Stostube, Dr. Gottwoods, Katie Sky, to all of our friends over there on the Rumble Rants. Thank you to NJSF. Thank you to a uh, cavalcade of wonderful people over on Pill.net on QuiteFrankly.tv that I've I can't get through all right now in this short amount of time. But I'll see you tomorrow. Take care.